Welcome to the most accurate podcast from 444.com. I am your host, Greg Smith. My colleague, Holden Kushner, is back today to help me break down the Week 5 waiver wire. If you listened to yesterday's Week 4 recap show, you know that he has his own podcast here at 444, Fantasy First, and the DFS MVP pod with TJ Hernandez. Check out those shows, subscribe, and be sure to follow Holden on Twitter at Holden Radio, H-O-L-D-E-N Radio. Before I bring him on, though, I want to let you know that the music on today's episode is Novocaine by Beck. To hear the song in full, plus all the other tracks I use on my shows, check out the link in the show notes to the TMAP B-Sides playlist on Spotify. This episode is sponsored by Fantasy Draft, Daily Fantasy's only rake-free site. They're running the largest rake-free contest available on each and every slate. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com with promo code 444, the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, and you'll get a free 7-day trial membership. Remember, Fantasy Draft is the only DFS site where 100% of entry fees are paid out to the contest winners. So get yourself signed up with that promo code 444 and see how great it feels to grind rake-free. I'd like to welcome Holden Kushner back to the show two days in a row. We did the Week 4 recap yesterday. Today we're talking waivers for Week 5 and... Only two teams on by this week, Holden, Detroit and Miami. What are you doing with this slate? Uh, what do you? What is your approach for the waivers when you know the best guys to add are maybe at a position where you already feel like your roster is loaded there? Like if it's only good wide receiver pickups available and you feel really set at wide receiver, what do you do? Do you just stand pat? Do you roster bait a little bit and try to shuffle guys in and out? Like what's, what's roster your Roster bait? You what like is... That? No, that's very <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm going to go to 4 for 4 HR. Uh, no, no, no. So it depends on who I have in what league. Like, listen, you should have Golden Tate on your roster already. If it's a wide... Sure. He's coming off of... He's coming off of his suspension. I don't know what his rapport is going to be with Daniel Jones because obviously Tate was working with the first team. But... Uh, you know, unless it's somebody big and I'm set at wide receiver, I can go throw someone out. I don't want to drop a player that I think is on my roster. There's always one player that I think is expendable, but I'm not going to go drop someone good just to pick somebody up for one week. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and it is important to kind of maintain some level of depth across certain positions. Like, I'm not going to start throwing away running backs like all of my lottery ticket running backs to pick up more wide receivers because I, I can only start so many wide receivers per week anyway. And if the guys I have are good and if I like the backups for those guys already, I'm not necessarily going to tinker uh, and add more and more wide receivers until I just don't have any running back depth. That doesn't make any sense. Like you have you drafted, you know, Justice Hill or Damian Harris or whoever for a reason. And yes, those players have not been doing well. And I would say that they're droppable at this point because they're not really getting any run. But you can also make the argument that you knew when you drafted those players, they weren't going to be startable in the early part of the season. It's only week five. If they're going to develop into being players that we want to get out there, it might not be until week six or week seven. And if you have that depth and if your roster is solid anyway, you can continue to hold those lottery tickets. Uh, you don't have to tinker every week. And sometimes I just stand pat. It really depends. Um, but let's dive into the different positions here, Holden. Start with running back. Who stands out to you as uh, someone to go pick up? Because... I think the the first guy for me has got to be Jordan Howard. He's only 56% owned. You go back to Thursday night, and he really broke out against Green Bay. I was expecting Miles Sanders to kind of emerge eventually, and I'm starting to sweat that a little bit. Uh, what's your take on Howard, and are there any other running backs that stand out to you this week off waivers? Uh, I mean, standard half-point PPR is fine. You know, Jordan Howard's going to get the goal line carries. He's not going to have a big week like he did last week. He's fine if you need a running back. I think Ronald Jones at this point, I'm not that high on Ronald Jones. I think he is the most talented back in that backfield, but they love Peyton Barber because he blocks on third down. 
he's their best pass protector. If Ronald Jones could do that, he'd be getting more carries. So I guess Ronald Jones is a guy that's in the mix too. And outside of that, I mean, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman's going to be back soon. I want to avoid that altogether. I just want to avoid that offense altogether. I think on the waiver wire this week, there's just not a lot for me outside of Jordan Howard. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Running back especially is very thin. You mentioned Mostert and Wilson. They're coming off by, so they might be a little bit more available. I think Mostert's around 30% ownership. Jeff Wilson closer to like 5 or 10%. Uh, the, the only other two that really stand out to me as guys who could see a big uptick in value from week four to week five are the backups in Indianapolis. Jordan Wilkins, 2% owned. Naheem Hines, 19% owned. If this Marlon Mack ankle injury is anything serious, then those two guys, Wilkins and Hines, are going to go up in value. But it does seem like, and we mentioned this on the show yesterday, that Marlon Mack might have just been getting some time off because of the way that game was going, right? We saw the Chiefs do that with LaShawn McCoy in Week 3, where you know they were winning the game. They didn't need McCoy out there anymore. So maybe that's what was going on with Indy. But we're going to have to watch that Marlon Mack injury report and, and keep an eye on that. Um the only other player, and I, and I touched on him earlier for me at running back, is Damian Harris, 8% owned. And I just look at that Patriots running game, and Sony Michelle still looks off to me, although we did have some good runs in Week 4. Rex Berthead definitely wasn't fully healthy in Week 4. I, I don't know. I, I can still see the narrative case for Damian Harris coming in there at some point as like the savior of that backfield. Do you see that happening uh, down the road at some point? If you got a spot then by all means, I mean, pick up Damian Harris. I think that's a fine play. It's almost like a lottery ticket at this point, and it's it's a lottery ticket. If you need six numbers, then you already know three of them, right? Because Sony Michelle has not gotten the job done whatsoever. So even if Harris comes in, though, how long would it take him to integrate into the offense? Burkhead's there. James White's there. So I think it's fine to pick him up, but it's not at the top of my priority list right now. The only other guy I would say is Jamal Williams, just in case something happens to Aaron Jones, because we're seeing we're seeing the Packers want to run the ball so much more this year. So mm-hmm. Jamal Williams is a guy that I could see at least thrown on my roster. I don't know how many people keep handcuffs. Even if you don't have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, I could make a case that he could be on a roster. I feel like there were a lot more interesting players to target off waivers at wide receiver. Who's standing out to you at that position? Well, you should have Golden Tater ready. I don't know how many waivers he's going to be available, how many leagues he's going to be available on. But if he's still available in your league, you're picking him up. There's two guys coming off of suspension this week. It's him, it's Tate, and it's um, it's Chris Herndon. So I think Golden Tate, to me, would be the primo ad. I think if Jamison Crowder is still on your waivers, it's going to be a couple of weeks still till Darnold comes back. But that was his favorite target, and I could see Jamison Crowder being a – uh, wide receiver, maybe even one, two on PPR once he comes back. And outside of that, again, do you want to take a shot on AJ Brown and Corey Davis? To me, it was an anomaly. It's great that Marcus Mariota is the only quarterback that started a game and hasn't turned the ball over yet, but I don't think we're going to see three touchdowns out of him every single week. Yeah, I think that that AJ Brown, Corey Davis game was more of a matchup thing than anything else. The Falcons defense is just a mess. I think that's why we saw those receivers go off as they did. AJ Brown only had three targets in that game. He caught all of them. He got the the scores. But I, yeah, I, I, that feels more like a mirage than anything else to me. Um, yeah, Crowder and Tate are both owned in about 45, 49, 50% of leagues. So, uh, and I'm talking Yahoo here. So about half the leagues on Yahoo, you can go get those guys. 
So that's definitely where you need to look first, just because they could both be such PPR monsters. Another guy who kind of fits that bill strangely is Cole Beasley, only 12% owned, and this is the second straight week where he's had double-digit targets. Now that might be another one where it was game script, it was opponent-based, because you know against New England, uh, they're going to take away what you do best, and that probably meant taking away John Brown, opens up more targets for Cole Beasley, uh, and in general, you know Buffalo was, was trying to play catch up that whole game, and that means more passes as well. So maybe not the same thing for Cole Beasley every week, but you can see that when they need to get into those sort of throw-heavy game scripts, uh, he's going to get a lot of targets. I think you can go after that. Uh, the only other guy I really like, and I mentioned him last week, so I won't belabor it here, Preston Williams, only 7% owned for the Dolphins. Had seven more targets in week four. He's either the top receiver or the second receiver there in Miami, and they're going to have to throw a lot too. I think that he's valuable, more valuable than 7% ownership. Holden, what about Anthony Miller? Because he's 16% owned. No. Taylor Gayroot. <laughs> no. Stop it. Stop it with Anthony Miller. You know, how important is that offense going to be in a passing game with that defense? I just, outside of Allen Robinson and David Montgomery as a whole, that's just a wasteland. It's a wasteland, man. I'm not, I, fine. You want to go get Anthony Miller? I'm leaving him out there. You know, I forgot about a guy, Greg. Okay. Um, Depends on how long Devontae Adams is out. But mm-hmm. Toronto and Mel Allison's a guy that I think you can look to. And he's got to be available in a lot of leagues. Um, 24% so, ownership. So, yeah, he's available in about three-fourths of leagues. Yep. Oh, my God. That's the Golden Tate one. And then I think I'd probably move Allison up to number two at this point. So, yeah, I think that's a guy if Devontae Adams is down or he doesn't look good because turf toe is – I mean, go ask Deion Sanders. That just completely cripples you. And it's a lower body injury on a wide receiver, and that's the only type of injury I'm really concerned about. That and a separated shoulder. But, um, wow, man, I think Geronimo, Geronimo Allison has a chance uh, to get in there and make some plays if Adams misses time. So you mentioned just hating the offense that Anthony Miller is in. Are you kind of on the same page with the Colts receivers at this point? If T.Y. Hilton continues to miss time, they have Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal. Paris Campbell, Deion Kane. Is it worth chasing any of those guys? Hey, listen, Campbell and Brissett had a nice little connection in the preseason. And he's he's really starting. He's the number one wide receiver when Hilton's not in. So I'll make a case for Campbell to start when T.Y.'s not in there. But even against the Chiefs, I'm just, I'm just down on the Colts offense altogether. If T.Y. is in there, you're going to see Campbell get five or six targets. Uh, maybe it's inflated a little bit this week. So if you want to take a one-week flyer on Campbell, I'm just not there with him when T-Wide's in the lineup. So one offense that we might be more interested in is the Texans, uh, with Deshaun Watson throwing the the ball around there. And Kenny Stills has a hamstring injury now. Does that put Kiki QT back in play for you? He's only 18% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Yeah, here's the problem. What are we doing here, Deshaun Watson? What's going on? Because... It's DeAndre Hopkins, and DeAndre Hopkins really has not gotten going. And if you want to talk about Kiki QT, what's he getting? Four targets a game? So, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not down with him. I'm not down with Kiki QT. Uh, Will Fuller is hit and miss, too. I think Will Fuller, if you want to throw him in a flex, but I have no interest in Kiki QT. He's going to have one blow-up game, maybe two blow-up games, and that's about it. He is uh, he's lesser the receiver than... Muhammad Sanu is, but he's better at breaking a big play. And if you start Kiki Kuti, that's what you're hoping for, that he breaks a 75-yard touchdown. Outside of that, no interest. 
So you're not picking him up in seasonal leagues, but are you trying to sniff out those big games in DFS, uh, you know, based upon cornerback matchups? Like, what's your approach to that? Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Look for the good players that play the bad teams. Uh, Leonard Fournette, slightly above average player at running back, facing a horrible team. That's that's what it is. And you really, it, DFS has helped me so much in season long just because I'm doing more research. You know, I, it's, you're really digging into the numbers. So that's it's helped me a lot. And I think if you see a matchup that you can take advantage of, then you go after it. I mean, if Kiki QT has the worst cornerback in the league shadowing him, of course I'm going to go after him. But uh, let me also bring up this. This is my whole cornerback wide receiver matchup. Unless the guy is is going to shadow said player, yeah. it doesn't matter that much. Just look at what the rest of the secondary is doing and how they shut down the position. You know, is it the X receiver? Is it the Z? Is it the slot? So – that's what I'm looking for. Target players that are facing horrible defenses. So what if I told you that the Texans are facing Atlanta and Kansas City over the next two weeks? Right. Okay. Now, <laughs> Kiki Futi is an amazing play. Uh, <laughs> I'd still lean fuller. I would. I would yeah. still lean fuller, even though his numbers get depressed when QT's in there. Um, the number three option there, Kiki QT, again, if he has a big game against one of those two teams, I'm just going to miss out on it. He's not a priority for me. Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those situations where the stars are kind of aligning. Like, Stills is hurt, Atlanta's up next, and then Kansas City after that. Even if you think Will Fuller is better than Kiki QT, maybe if your league is deep enough, Kiki QT should still be owned and is still worth starting, especially as the bye weeks start to ramp up here. Uh, only two teams on bye this week, though, so not quite as unlikely, but the matchup against the Falcons is so Quick good. Quick question. How many games has, has QT really been good? One? Uh, I don't think he's been good for any, to be honest. But... Go back to last year, okay? If you go back to last year, and he was very limited. I want to say he played maybe six games. He had one game, and he had a great playoff game. That's what it was. It, it, again, show me before I'm going to go out and get him. Maybe you're maybe you're clairvoyant. You're going out there, and you're going to go get him, and I'm going to say, oh, no, but he is not. he's not on the radar for me right now. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I agree with your general sentiment that these guys that have limited usage probably aren't worth spending a whole lot of waiver equity on. But this is, again, the type of situation where in DFS, I think you can make a case to throw QT in there because he's going to be cheap, because he's got a great matchup, and because Kenny Stills is hurt. Uh, maybe you get that big blow-up week and it wins you a GPP. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think there are probably better plays. But uh, you never know with this stuff. The wide receiver is a highly variable position. It is. Um, again... Uh, if I get burned by Kiki QT, I'll say, "Oh man, Greg Smith, that guy's amazing. <laughs> He's the greatest." But I'm not. I'm not going after him. Mm -mm. Are you? Are you ready to get burnt by Deontay Johnson on the Steelers? He's only five percent owned. I love him. I've got him in all my keeper leagues. So that's a guy that I have. And he got lucky, caught a, a touchdown last week. Now we're doing this before Monday Night Football. I don't know if I'm going to get burned by him. The volume isn't there, but I think he's a big play receiver, and I can. I'd much rather roster him than Kiki QT. Yeah, and their schedule coming up is also not too bad. Uh, after Cincinnati, they get Baltimore next week, then the Chargers, and the by then the Chargers, maybe they'll be a little healthier on defense. Uh, then there's a bye week, then Miami. So usable, and I don't think we've fully seen how that receiving game is going to sort out with Mason Rudolph under center. Uh, you know, people want it to be James Washington because Washington played in college with Rudolph, but so far this season, Deontay Johnson has looked like the better player in my eyes. Any other wide receivers sticking out to you, or do you want to get to the tight ends? 
I think we covered him, didn't we? Was there anybody? I just Geronimo Allison was the other guy that I th- wanted to throw in there a little bit late. Can't trust the uh, Titans guys. You can't. Uh, I, I like the Preston Williams call there. That was nice. And as far as the indie wide receivers, I mean, not not doing much for me. Good deal. But before we get to tight ends, let's take a break for the sponsor of the show. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, is running the largest rake-free contest out there each and every week. All told, Fantasy Draft is regularly paying out hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes, and all of those winnings are rake-free. That's right, Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site with no management fees taken out of the prize pools. And this is not just a limited promotion. All of Fantasy Draft's contests are rake-free. Meanwhile, other DFS sites can continue to raise their rakes, squeeze the prize pools, and make it harder for you to win. But at Fantasy Draft, the days of paying up to 16% of your entry fees to the house are over. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code 4 for 4 and you'll get a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com with promo code 4 for 4 4 4 4 Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing at Fantasy Draft today. Okay, Holden, let's get into tight end. Jimmy Graham is the top of my list here. 36% owned on Yahoo. Had the best game of his season so far on Thursday Night Football versus Philly. Six of nine targets for 61 yards and a TD. But it was kind of a wonky game. You mentioned the Devontae Adams injury earlier. Do you expect this sort of volume for Jimmy Graham going forward? I thought it was going to be this way from the start. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers came out last week. Now, everybody probably heard that he wanted to get Devontae Adams more involved in the game. What they didn't hear, unless you listen to Fantasy First, shameless plug, was that he wanted to get his literally his best friend, Jimmy Graham, more involved. And they got him more involved. And if Adams is down, I think that the 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 share, the target share, everything goes up for Jimmy Graham. I'm down on I'm down with Jimmy Graham. I'm right there with you, buddy. I think that his uh role in this offense is gonna grow if Adams is out. And I think his role in this offense, maybe it'll be a little inconsistent, but I could see him getting six, eight targets a game uh, and a game where they're passing a little bit more. He's not my number one. He's my number two because Chris Herndon's my number one. I don't know how many leagues he's available in, but I'll tell you this much. Chris Herndon, when Sam Darnold comes back again, these guys, another pair of receivers were they were just um, they had a good chemistry, him and Crowder. So I think Chris Herndon's probably my number one. And Jimmy Graham would be my number two. So if a fantasy player out there has TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson's going to miss this week with his bye, and they're just looking for like a one-week rental, would you rather have Herndon still than Graham in that case? No, yeah, no, because Darnold's not in there. Right. When Darnold, I, I think if you don't have Herndon already, and he's a guy that I've stashed on a lot of my benches, it's probably rule number one that I broke. Don't waste the roster spot. Well, him and Golden Tate, have massive, uh, you know, Golden Tate probably has wide receiver two upside if he can get together with Jones. And then Chris Herndon, I mean, this guy could be a top 10 tight end from here on out. He's extraordinarily uh, talented. He's got the rapport with Darnold. I, just for a one-week streamer, though, Chris Herndon's not on my radar because I don't think it's going to pay off till Darnold comes back. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And the player who is very reminiscent of last year's Chris Herndon this year is Dawson Knox to me. He's mm-hmm. at 14% ownership. Only three targets in week four, but they seem like high value ones. He caught all three of those balls for 58 yards. And we know he has, you know, that size and athleticism to succeed at the NFL level. 
it's just a matter of, you know, how long is it going to take him to kind of pick up the game and become more comfortable playing more snaps. But it seems like a narrow usage tree in Buffalo for Dawson Knox to continue to see targets. I like him a lot as well. And he was on, you know, one of our recommendations last week. I think we have to keep recommending him until he gets up, you know, closer to maybe 50% ownership or something like that. What do you think of Knox? See, I'd rather pick up Knox this week than Herndon. Although, again, Herndon's my guy long term. But if I need a one-week streamer, they're going up against Tennessee. Tennessee gets shredded by the tight end. Austin Hooper took up the town yesterday or on Sunday. So uh, Dawson Dawson Knox for me is fine. I think he's a fine one-week streamer. No problem with him whatsoever. A few other names throughout here. Uh, Jack Doyle, only 20% owned. I think his value is kind of contingent on T.Y. Hilton, as you know we've discussed at length about all these uh, Indianapolis guys, unfortunately. It's just a, a tough offense to sort out. And because there's that kind of unknown, I think he would fall behind Graham and Knox and maybe even Herndon for me. And then if you want to dig a little deeper, if you're in a deeper format, uh, Jordan Akins on Houston, only 7% owned. He's still seeing targets. Uh, Gerald Everett at 5% ownership. He saw eight targets in week four with Tyler Higby sideline, but I do think game script played a pretty big part in that performance. Uh, and then the last one I'll throw out is, is Ricky Seals-Jones. I expected Demetrius Harris to be the tight end of consequence in that Browns passing attack, but RSJ was the one who did all the damage in week four. Both of those guys in Cleveland are only 1% owned. Uh, does any one of those players stand out to you, Holden, as, as a guy you prefer the most? I, I don't have any interest in them. <laughs> whatsoever man do you like either one of them uh no i mean but i'm also like throw uh everett and akins into this the discussion uh okay that's fine you can throw noah fant then again sure. he's only getting three or four targets a game but uh they got the chargers the broncos have the chargers and the chargers aren't great against tight ends either so i mean it's to me it's kind of a wasteland this week i like your dawson knox call Outside of that, it's Herndon, and then the rest of them are just just garbage. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm speaking specifically to the TJ Hawkinson owner out there in every league, right? Because otherwise, you should have a plan at tight end that doesn't involve one of these players, right? Oh, absolutely. You should always have a plan. But everybody's plan, nobody's plan is working if you get punched in the, in the mouth, right? That was something <laughs> that I think Mike Tyson said. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So... You know, plans go awry quite often. If you're a Hawkinson owner, you need to pick somebody up. Uh, I would not go with Herndon for a one-week rental. I think, uh, although with the rest of the guys on this roster, maybe it's not a horrible idea, but I think Dawson Knox is probably set up for the most success out of any of these guys. Yeah, fair enough. Now, speaking of getting punched in the face, I don't think any position has, has had that happen to them more than the QB position this year. We've had so much turnover under center, and – where do you want to go with this if you're looking for a streamer? I've listed a few guys here in the show notes, all 35% owned or less. Uh, but are, are there any streamers or uh, quarterback ads that stand out to you? All right, so stick with me here. I think Andy Dalton at this point mm-hmm. is a guy that can get you bought, get by for one week. Now, he's got Pittsburgh on Monday. But then, who doesn't throw on Arizona, man? He should, in week five, if I need to stream a quarterback, he's my guy. Um, he has... Two touchdown passes in two out of his three weeks. He, he threw for 418 yards, 311 yards, and then he faced Buffalo on the road and threw for 249, a touchdown, and two interceptions. He's not getting you any yardage on the ground. But I think Andy Dalton, with that new offense that Zach Taylor's running out there, he, to me, would be the number one streamer. Um, I, I don't know who else is available. M- maybe Chase Daniel and uh, Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen's another guy, too, uh, that – We've seen have some success. Unfortunately for him, he's got Jacksonville coming up this week. He didn't throw 
four touchdowns this week. He, he didn't really do anything against Houston in a game that was kind of messy. But he does have week six against Tampa Bay, and I think he's a one-week thing after this week. So if you've got somebody this week that's on bye next week, then Kyle Allen might be somebody to look at. Yeah, the Jacksonville matchup scares me off of him a little bit. I'd probably rather start the other side of that quarterback uh, matchup, Carter Minshew at Carolina. Minshew's at 14% ownership. And I mean, I, I still don't know if we can believe it, but he's looked really good uh, despite, you know, some easy matchups, some tough matchups. I think he's playable, but I agree Dalton's the guy. Uh, you want basically anybody starting against Arizona and especially in the passing game. The Cardinals are just giving up everything to everybody. And uh, on top of the Dalton call, I mean, maybe a tight end we should have mentioned before was Tyler Eifert, you know, just the way that that position has shredded the Cardinals. Uh, he probably, yeah, belongs on that list, you know, above the Jordan Aiken, Gerald Everett, Ricky Seals-Jones types. He's probably, like, Eifert's probably closer to Knox and Herndon than any of those other guys we mentioned, right? Yes, I, th- I think so. I'm still off of him, too, in season long. I guess if you're streaming and there's a good matchup, that'd be about it. Yeah, fair enough. A couple other quarterbacks to throw out here. Uh, Jacoby Brissett at Kansas City. This is a dangerous one, right? Because it seems like one of those scenarios where you can talk yourself into a negative game script narrative where, you know, because Kansas City should put up points, Brissett's going to have to throw. But if they don't have T.Y. Hilton, man, that's that's a scary proposition, right? I have no interest in Jacoby Brissett if T.Y. Hilton isn't in there. Even if he's a decoy, I'm fine. But they just don't have the weapons right now. By the way, Eric Ebron, did you see him? He dropped four passes, then he caught a touchdown. Um, Your boy Jack Doyle. So maybe the tight ends will get a little bit more run in this offense. Um, I don't know if Doyle is on every single team or Ebron's on every single team either. But those are the guys that I feel like would have more success than any of the other wide receivers. And for me, Jacoby Brissett, what we saw out of him against Oakland was really good, though, right? And he still threw three touchdowns and 265 yards. So as down on him as, as I sound like I am, especially if Mac is injured again, I think you can play Jacoby Brissett this week. How about Teddy Bridgewater going up against the Bucks? Because he, has, he hasn't looked great, but Jameis Winston just hung 385 passing yards, four touchdowns. Uh, or excuse me, Jared Goff just hung 517 yeah. yards and two touchdowns against the Buccaneers. I mean, hopefully Bridgewater will push it down the field a little bit more, you know, to to capture some of that matchup value. You just don't think he can? He's a game manager, isn't he? What else have we seen out of him? He's a game manager. He's not taking shots downfield. That makes me feel very good about Alvin Kamara. That's the guy. But outside of that, you know, Michael Thomas, we're waiting for him to have a big blowout game. Blow up game, I should say. Um, You can do worse, I suppose. But he's not at the top. That's that's dumpster diving this week. But then again, everything's dumpster diving, right? Yeah. Besides Dalton and maybe Brissett. Sure, but I, I do agree. In a one quarterback format, you probably have a better answer than Teddy Bridgewater, either available on waivers or on your team already. Uh, but if you're in a two quarterback format, uh, you might have to consider starting him. Depend, like maybe you had Stafford and you lost one of your key starters to injury earlier in the year. Like maybe you lost Breeze or something, and you have Bridgewater uh, as the backup. You, you, I don't think you can feel terrible about starting him based upon the matchup. But I, I do think the Bucks defense, despite how the Rams put up all those points and yardage on them, uh, I think the Bucks defense is better than it has been in seasons past. So that that one's a little dangerous too. Uh, but not nearly as dangerous as going with one of the Washington quarterbacks against Ugh. New England, uh, Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> there, there are you know rumors circling now that Colt McCoy might get some action, and I, I mean, 
man, if, if you're dying for a QB starter, maybe, maybe you could start those guys, but I'm staying completely away. And if I'm in a super flex league where I can start a, you know, position player over a quarterback and my only option at quarterback is Haskins or Colt McCoy, I'm sorry. I'm probably just starting a wide receiver or running back. They have the Patriots this week. So yeah. the Patriots are going to be a running back one again. Seriously. <laughs> how many times have they outscored most of the running backs? This defense. So uh, avoid, man, avoid. Stay away. Target them. Anytime the Redskins play, play the defense going up against them, okay? Except for Miami. You know, San Francisco, Buffalo, the Jets, Detroit, they have a horrible schedule set up here. Just horrible. They're facing really good defensive teams after Miami in week six. They've got New England this week, so they're screwed. That's a horrible, horrible offense. And if you want to stream ahead, I don't know if Minnesota's owned a lot in your leagues because you know Minnesota's defense isn't anything special, but they got it. I mean, streaming defenses, just look at Washington's schedule, play the team going against them besides for Miami. And even Miami might have success. Yeah, and that's a good advice. A good piece of advice is if you are going to be streaming defenses, maybe if you have the bench space, you can look ahead a couple weeks and start to pick up not just this week's streamer, but next week's streamer, so you don't end up paying quite as much in fab or with a waiver priority. Maybe you can get those guys as free agents instead of uh, using a waiver claim. Um, last quarterback I'll throw out there before we get to defense is Chase Daniel at Oakland. Uh, completely unknown for good reason, but uh, you know could do worse in that matchup. I'd rather start him than Haskins uh, or Colt McCoy. Uh, but we don't have to spend any time on that. That's, I think, again, a, a desperation situation for two quarterback formats. Uh, let's talk about defenses. Uh, are there any that stand out to you as good streamers in Week 5 or just teams that you want to be invested in for longer term than that? I mean, unfortunately, I didn't grab New England in any of my leagues. So I'm very frustrated about that. You know, it's just, again, if you have New England on your team, you're doing really well. Cheat code. Because... It is. It yeah. really is. It's amazing how good that they have been this season. So let me just take a glance at the at the week five schedule and who who can we target that has a bad offense? Hmm. Uh, Bengals Cardinals. Nope. Don't like that. Falcons Texas. Nope. Don't like that. Possibly the Saints defense because they're playing at home and Jameis has been prone uh, to some issues there. I think the Giants against the Vikings. That's not something I'm interested in. Um, Eagles, Jets, you know, the Eagles secondary yep. is horrible. And I keep saying you target them, but against the Jets this week, they might be okay. They'll be fine. <laughs> you know, that might not be bad. The Titans, especially if Josh Allen is out, um, the Titans are going to be, uh, primo. I think the Chargers against the Broncos, here we go again. You know, Chargers defense hadn't been anything special, but I think that they could shut the, the Broncos down this week. So, um, the, the Chiefs defense, has been I don't know I don't have the turnover rate for them but I think that they are in play just like they were against the Lions going up against the Colts if T.Y. Hilton is out and then the Browns and the Niners I have no interest there so maybe the Chiefs are a team that I'm going to look at and even the Eagles but hold your breath on that one yeah you mentioned New Orleans because Jameis is turnover prone I don't even hate the other side of that playing Tampa Bay because they've had eight or more fantasy points scored in every week so far. We've noted how Teddy Bridgewater is you know, not quite as good as advertised to this point. And if they can turn him into that game manager and 
contain Alvin Kamara. I think that's a spot where maybe maybe they might not, they might not win that game. They might not make it look pretty, but they might score fantasy points in general. Uh, but I do agree that Tennessee is probably the best one to target uh, against Buffalo. Uh, the Titans are only twenty four percent owned, and their defense is legit. Like they they did really well against Atlanta. They've been solid all year. They make games ugly, and sometimes those are the perfect types of teams to go after with your fantasy defense. Um, after Tennessee, yeah, Philly against the Jets. Maybe the flip side of that Buffalo-Tennessee matchup, maybe we can hope that the Bills can cause Marcus Mariota's first turnover. It seems like maybe he's due for that. But Buffalo's at 52% ownership already. You might not be able to find them in your league. But a lot of different options there. Who are you dropping from your rosters this week, Holden? Like, Are there any guys you know you're going to cut? Uh, no, not right now. Probably because I stream defenses. I used to stream quarterbacks, but I got lucky with everyone that uh, I drafted so far. You know what? I got Hunter Renfro last week off the wire. I thought J.J. Nelson would actually be better. Maybe Hunter Renfro is a guy that I'm bailing on at this point. There's no reason to really hold him in my roster. Um, it's the keeper league, though, so maybe longer term. Uh, outside of that, man, I, I'm holding on to Michael Gallup because his role in that offense, it's a really good offense. That's a guy that I will keep on my bench, even though – He's hurt right now. I'm keeping Deontay Johnson, too. We'll see if his role continues to grow. The only other guy, I suppose, would be D.D. Westbrook because, hmm. you know, he's he is getting six. Let's see. He's got six, five, nine, six targets. He's not even getting 10 fantasy points again. So I would think if I have a better – like, if I could get Golden Tate, I would drop Westbrook this week. Tony Pollard is a guy that I'm not giving up on. I still – Ezekiel Elliott is one player away – from having possibly the best running situation in the NFL. So um, for the most part, it'd be wide receivers that I can just swap out. Yep, those are the ones that came up for me. You mentioned Michael Gallup and how you're waiting on the promise of him returning. I'm ready to cut bait with Randall Cobb because he's had the opportunity now with Gallup out and he hasn't really done much with it and that worries me. Uh, The other player I know I'm going to drop from at least one roster here is Deion Cain. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a bit of a cane truther, but you know the the showing that he had in week four was not promising. It seems like the other receivers there are going to be the primary weapons for Brissett going forward. And just in general, that might be an offense to avoid with T.Y. Hilton out, as you've noted. So yeah, Kane is a player I'm off. Let me throw some other what? names. Oh, go ahead. James Washington. Yeah. Um, I think I'm I'm ready to bail on James Washington. We'll see what he does on Monday Night Football, and then I might be done. There's no reason to have time. This is my Scott Fishbowl roster I'm looking at right now, okay? Mm -hmm. Wow. The more I look at it, because I haven't paid much attention to it, I'm doing well. But the more I look at this, my bench is horrible. Like, why do I have Ty Montgomery? Why do I have Benny Snell? Why do I have Travis Benjamin? Why do I have Andy Isabella? Ugh! Josh Reynolds. Time to get to work. Yeah, time to get to work, man. This is... Oh, that's disgusting. It's like doing but, your taxes, uh, fixing up a deep league bench like that. Yeah, I don't want yeah, tax. Actually, this is more fun than taxes, but <laughs> my wife's always done them for me, so I don't have to worry about that stuff. Anyways, those are the guys that I got to get these. It's obviously a deep league, right? And it's tough to pick guys up. And then Taysom Hill. Listen, I know it was it was real. If Bridgewater goes down, great. But Taysom Hill is just not doing what we thought he might be able to do. Let me throw a few other names at your rapid fire here. Just give me a, a dropper hold answer. Uh, Antonio Brown. Oh, it depends on your league. I can't give oh, you a dropper hold answer there. Drop I, him. I held, Come on, get I him, held him in one league. Can't I held him in him. one league. I'm the only one holding on to him. All right, Miles Sanders. Oh, again, it just depends on the running backs you have. He, You can't start him at this point, though. 
I'd keep him. I'd keep him just in case the role grows. Me too. How about his teammate Nelson Aguilar? Eh, Dunsky. See you later. Uh, Malcolm Brown. This is kind of analogous to your Tony Pollard. Hold love. on to him, man. Hold on to hold on to Hollywood, dude. He had two huge games. He's taking a step back. He's got the talent. I'm holding on to him. I'm not dropping Hollywood. Do not drop Hollywood Brown. No, uh, not Hollywood Brown. Malcolm Brown, the backup to Todd oh, Gurley. Oh, Malcolm Brown. My yeah. bad. I think I have him on this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got that similar profile to Tony Pollard, right? If Gurley gets hurt, like maybe Malcolm Brown just I, becomes holding, a guy you can start every week. If you're a Todd Gurley owner, you have to have him. Latavius Murray. No. Drop. Kyle Rudolph. Drop. All right. Yeah, I'm with you on all those. Uh, let's... Wrap up the show with uh, just kind of a general top three of waivers for us this week. Who are just the most valuable in a vacuum, guys, to me? I, th- I don't think any of the running backs really qualify for me, uh, but who is at the top of your list if you had to kind of narrow it down to the three highest priority waiver ads? Herndon, Tate, Geronimo Allison. Yeah, so I, I would have Tate on there, uh, and then I'll throw Preston Williams, and then one of the ancillary guys in Buffalo, either Cole Beasley or Dawson Knox. I think you you actually want to be invested in, in those guys at this point, which is kind of crazy to say. Uh, but yeah, that does it for the waiver show leading into week five. Holden, thanks again for coming on the show. Why don't you let the listeners know uh, where they can find your stuff? Yeah, again, fantasy first, subscribe, listen, be smarter. It's uh, right here on 4 for 4. You can subscribe on any podcast provider. DFS MVP, me and TJ Hernandez. If you play DFS or you're just getting into it, highly recommend that. And then follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. By the way, can I tell you something really funny that I just saw on the internet? Of course. Uh, speaking of Antonio Brown, my English paper due by tonight, 12 a.m., need a prof reader to make sure A's and B's. And then Donnell Pumphrey corrected his spelling and said instead of your paper being due do um it's called due so i don't know how in the hell antonio brown's gonna get through this but well yes i do they'll just they'll give him a tutor but uh good good job antonio brown keep working buddy keep staying on my one bench there you go hey maybe it'll pay off you never know uh holden thanks again for coming on the show uh listeners you should definitely be subscribed to those podcasts fantasy first dfs mvp uh, i'll link to them in the show notes but uh come on you, you're better than that you can search that stuff on itunes you know you know how to use the internet anyway uh that does it for the show uh we will catch you next time here on the most accurate podcast thanks for listening